of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Curtis Stewart. Hello. And Curtis, today we're going to be talking about micro speed macro patience. Please define that, Matt. Okay, I will. I'm happy to. Um, micro speed macro patience is essentially saying I'm going to be very fast, um, in terms of doing actions, like get stuff done, like bam, 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 bam. But I'm going to be patient in the long run. And that's what's yeah. important, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, but I mean, this is something that I know we both feel like, I mean, we're both probably faster than most people in the industry, but at the same time, I struggle with this because I currently have a backlog right now of probably about three days just from taking a day off. And, uh, and it's, it's hard, but you got to do your best to do it, right? And a lot of times I'll feel like a slowpoke, and then I'll find out like other PRs don't answer an email for like seven to ten days, and I'll be like, "Wow, I feel really bad if I like let it slip for like two or three days." You know what I mean? So, um, and I know it's the same thing with you too. You try to be as fast as you can. You miss shit. You know, sometimes things backlog, but you do you do the best you can, and you do it as quickly as you possibly can. And the reason why is because of the fact that you want to make sure uh sorry rather let me rephrase that the reason why is because the more the quicker you get things done the more you get things done and the more you can do and the more you can do the more you get done if that makes sense i know i'm talking in cliches here but it's like the more you the quicker you do things the more you get done the more you backlog the more it's like you get this weird anxiousness and you get this it builds up in your mind and all these incomplete actions just start to drag you down. And then you start having to deal with people having to talk to you about the backlog versus doing the action. If you know what I mean? It's like, if I want something from Matt and Matt hasn't got, gotten it done for me for a week, I might be ma- emailing Matt every two minutes going, Hey Matt, did you get that thing done? And like, give me a progress update. So now Matt's having to talk to me about an update instead of just getting the work done. You know what I mean? Am I making myself clear? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something really important, right? Is that if you can keep a clear inbox or as close to a clear inbox as possible, then you're going to be in a much better place in the long run, you know? And I get that you have a lot of things going on and it's hard, but like we all have a lot of things going on. You're not the first person to have a lot of things going on. You know what I mean? Exactly. Now here's a, here's a, here's a tip I have is like, if you're trying to start to promote the band and stuff or trying to promote your business, try to keep, your inbox as clean as possible early on because when you get up to another level like i'm not saying me and matt are like these you know well-known you know superstars or anything like that i know we're not but i do also know at the same time um we're a little bit higher than we were about a year ago or even two years ago and as a result our volume has gone way up and it's really hard to keep everything in the present now with the high volume so it's like if you start when you're at a lower volume it makes things easier later 
like way easier. Like I know what this happens with everybody. Like if a it, like a band like Metallica was probably having everything answered within like you know twenty twenty four hours early on, and now they're probably like it might take a couple days to get to you. Just yeah, but it's about building up that habit is essentially what you're trying to say. That, that's what I'm saying is if you build it up now, like late, like you don't want to turn into that guy that you know never responds ever. Yeah, because you know people know who those guys are, and they'll just and like. People will just straight up say, oh, don't work with that guy because he's just not going to respond to you. Yeah, and there's a difference between, and like, here's the other thing too, like, I just want to point out again, is if you're ever trying to get in contact with someone, and let's say you email them, and they don't respond to your email, try a different route. Because most of the time, it's an oversight when someone does not respond back to you, if it's someone that's usually pretty good with... Um, yeah, like, never be afraid to follow up. Yeah, like with me, like in the last couple of days, for example, on our challenge, um, there was a, there was some homework that I gave people to do, and I missed a couple of people because I've been getting so many freaking notifications lately. So there was a couple of people I missed, and as a result, I didn't see it. So I posted in the group. I said, "Okay, guys, if I didn't answer you back, retag me or direct message me or email me again. I will see one of the three notifications because if I don't an like if if I don't answer something within forty eight hours." Generally, that means I didn't see it because I try to answer everything everything within 48 hours tops. And I miss a few things occasionally, but at the same time, if you do not hear from me within 48 hours, try a different tactic. Same thing with Matt. Always do that, even sooner sometimes. You know what I mean? If it's urgent, feel free to, free to direct message me. I don't mind. Some people mind. I don't fucking mind. Just do it. A uh, good example, too, is like also another thing, too, is if you're trying to, like, for example, get... Uh, a show and you're trying to reach a promoter and they're not answering you via email do what matt says go in the instagram direct messages it fucking works a lot of the time or go in twitter direct messages or go in the facebook direct messages uh instagram messages and twitter message direct messages are probably better than facebook because everybody uses facebook messenger not many people use instagram messenger or um whatever it's called or twitter messenger yeah like i probably get like 250 facebook messages a day and i probably get like 10 to 20 Instagram messages a day. Yeah. And, you, and, and like with someone like us, a lot of times, and there's a lot, a lot of people with a lot higher volume than us. So don't think this is like a big ego, but a lot of times we have to kind of like scan through our inbox. We have to scan through our messages. Just, and if it doesn't look like it's something that's necessarily important, sometimes we don't answer it right away because it's like, you got to filter through and go like, okay, what's priority, right? Like for example, in the next 24 hours, I got like something like 15 or 20, uh, interviews scheduled for Lindsay Schoolcraft. So I have to keep those as my very first thing that I'm, my eyes are peeled for. I might miss a couple messages as a result of that, but it's kind of like, you always got to prioritize. So if you see a message and it's from, you know, Joe Blow and it looks like they're just trying to send you an album to get a critique on, it's going to the bottom of the pile and you might not get answered for a few days. But reversely, I've missed potential clients that way because I thought it was someone just sending me an album to critique, but it ended up being someone actually that was trying to work with me right so that you got to kind of like know how to prioritize you got to get everything done with speed as quickly as possible and just you know do your best and like we said we know you're busy everybody's busy but if you don't keep it up then when you get to get to a little bit higher level of success you're going to start backlogging even further and what's going to happen is people are going to start getting annoyed with you and you don't want to have that happen even yeah. even someone like Greg Kennedy is who's usually 100 he's 99.9% .9 better than everybody else in the industry at answering his messages even he'll miss stuff sometimes so what you got so you know always use another another form if the person doesn't answer you pretty quickly and they're usually pretty good with communication
That's a, yeah, that's a pretty good summary of it. But also macro speed goes to other things too. I just want to clarify this, right? When I talk oh, macro speed or micro speed rather, I also mean like if you're the band who can confirm a show within 20 minutes, then you're going to get somewhere a lot faster. Yeah. If you could, if you can answer within minutes, it's even better. But again, obviously not everybody can do that. You don't always, you can't always do that. I know a lot of times if I get something when I'm out walking, um, sometimes I like to leave to not check the message if I think it's something important so that way I don't forget about it later. Um, like for example, if it's involving a schedule of some sort. I'll, but I'm saying like if you're, if you're a band trying to get booked and it takes you two weeks to lock in. That's stupid. That's stupid. Yeah. Unless it went to your spam, that's pretty much the only excuse you got. If it went to your spam, fine, but even then you should be trying to check your spam once every week or two as well. Yeah, and I, I like it's crazy to me the amount of bands, like especially when I was booking more shows, who would take like ten days to confirm and it'd be like, "Oh, well, we don't have this opportunity for you anymore" because it took you ten days to figure it out. And the best part is when the band gets super pissed off about something, and it took them like two weeks to respond. Yeah, here's a here's a good example, just in, in terms of speed. One time, a couple of years ago, I actually had a, a major magazine, one of the biggest metal magazines in the world, contact me. They wanted an interview with with a band that I worked with that, who weren't well known at all, not, not in the slightest. And they said, can you send the questions over to the band? We need it within, uh, I think it was three days. Otherwise we can't run it because that's, that's the deadline for the mag. It's a print magazine, right? So they have a deadline. So I sent it to the band, they didn't respond. So I messaged the band on Facebook. They didn't respond for two days. And then they're like, oh really? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we might be able to get around to that. And they didn't fucking respond, so they lost out an opportunity in this giant magazine just because they couldn't get their act together in responding. And that was probably, that magazine charges like $1,500 just for an ad. So it was like $1,500 worth of press they missed out on just due to lack of speed. So you got to look at it in terms of also your lack of speed is costing you money. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think that now solutions for this, especially on a band facing thing is having um, one guy who can just unilaterally make decisions. I think anytime you start to have to make like decisions by committee, everything gets slowed down. 100%. And that's and a that issue I see bands facing, right? Like everyone wants to have a voice, but like, first of all, one guy is doing 90% of the work. So no, also, um, like fucking, it, it's just, it, it shouldn't be this hard. Like you don't need to input if this show is going to be good or not. You know, you, some people need to just listen. Yeah. Especially if they're doing any I agree with this. Cause especially like when, when you're doing press as well, like if I make up a press kit and it takes two weeks for the band to all say, yes, this is a go, especially like if it's a press release, it's like, all impact is lost. Like if they, like if the song just came out and I need to do a press release and they got to wait like two weeks for every single band member to sign off. It's like, this is fucking stupid. So you got to keep that in mind too. Matt made it just an excellent point right there. And, and, and just to be clear, it's never like, Oh, the first guy took three days and the next guy took three days after that. And the guy, other guy took three days after that. What always happens is it's like one guy took two weeks and everyone else confirmed within a day. Usually. Yeah. You know, so you need to have someone who can make these unilateral decisions, you know, who knows, okay, if I say yes to a show right here, right now, we're going to make it work no matter what. Yeah. 
you know, I agree 100%. because that's really the, the, the thing that differentiates you in particular is like, there's so many show up, there's so many bands trying to get shows and the bands who can't coordinate themselves to get shows just aren't going to because why should I help your band who's going to, you know, there's, okay, like I have two shitty bands who I know aren't really going to draw anyone, right? And your band takes me two weeks to figure it out. And this other band's going to confirm in 48 hours. I don't know, man. Seems pretty obvious. It's like Grant Cardone says, commit first and figure the rest out later. Yeah. Really should be more complicated than that. Now, now to turn it around, I want to talk about the macro patience. Ooh, let's hear this, Matt. This is that. It's not going to pay off right away to always be the people who are fastest. 100%. But when it does turn around and pay off, it's going to be huge. Yeah. That's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is I just want to take, take this up super quick, especially when you're talking about uh, promoting the band or PR or anything like that is 99.9% .9 of the time, you're not going to knock it out of the park your first time, your second time, and sometimes not even your third time. Um, you got to realize that a lot of bands who make it big are ones that have persisted for years. A really good example of this, and I know this is dated, is Twisted Sister. I mean, they basically played clubs in New York from like, what was it, 1971 or 72 up yeah. through 1983. And then they finally got a break on a major label and they didn't even get a fucking hit until like three years later. You know what I mean? So, I mean, that was what, 14 years of persistence and playing all the, all the cruddy shows. And, you know, they were at one point they were competing with Kiss, and, is my understanding, in the early 70s. Yeah. Scene, you know? So, and it took them years and years and years of self promotion, hard work. None of them drank, none of them did drugs or anything like that. And they just worked their fucking asses off. And, and then they finally got like a major seller with, uh, with their album in 84, which name is escaping me and I should know this, Stay Hungry. Um, so you got to, like, I know that's a dated example, but there's tons of them out there. So you just kind of got to keep that in mind that the persistence pays off. And sometimes it feels like it's getting nowhere. And, you know, you're just banging your head up against the wall. Nobody's listening to you. Nobody's looking at your posts. Nobody's listening to the album. But if you keep going you know, you will eventually crack through as long as you have a good product in the form of your music and you're good at, and you keep going with it and you persist, eventually it will pay off. Hopefully not in 15 years, but eventually. And again, yeah. And so this, now the tricky part, right, is that it's very hard to know if you actually have good music or if your music's actually going to break. 100%. And I think that's, that's where a lot of the, a lot of this advice kind of falls apart. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to express that we are aware of that limitation. You know what I mean? Cause, but cause... at the same time, even, even there's, there's tons of shitty bands, and there's tons of shitty, shitty artists that have made it big just on the strength of sheer persistence, just as an aside, just as an aside. Like, I mean, right said Fred is a fucking like from the nineties had a major song and that's probably one of the worst fucking songs of all time. I'm too sexy. Yeah. Like, yeah. That fucking song sucks. You know what I mean? And they fucking made it big. There's tons of other examples. I'm just saying. Point being, micro speed, have a heart attack. macro patience. This has been Dumb and Dumbest. You have been listening. Are we done yet?